Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. Steve Zek. What's up? And Ellie Martin. Heyo. Today, we are discussing the latest five episodes released online of OKKO, the latest in season three. We have the episodes Whatever Happened to Rippy Roo, Planet X, Deep Space Vacation, Big Reveal, and Radical Rescue. Uh, if you want to catch up on our previous discussions on OKKO, you can do that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can always uh, find us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. You can, uh, wherever you listen to us, uh, whatever podcatcher you use, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, we've got more OKKO to talk about, I think a little bit sooner than some of us were expecting, and a very, very consequential <laughs> group of episodes. <laughs> so we'll we'll get right into it, but first, um, for people who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, it's usually the crew of uh, me, Michelle, and Steve, but today we have a new uh, addition, Allie, who recently binged the entire show, and I'm interested to get your thoughts, Allie, on how, what your general thoughts on the show are, especially like in the context of binging it because now there's like a whole show practically so like i wonder uh, mm -hmm. how, how it feels like going through it in one go versus the way we've done it like bit by bit like what what's your general grasp on the show well when i started i didn't expect to be as into it as i wound up being because i just knew it was like it's about a boy who wants to be a hero so i kind of just expected more like shown any like hero academia kind of setup but Obviously, the humor is really different, and I think that's what really kept me going on it so fast. I think I really started to get into it after, like, the first, maybe, I want to say, like, 15 episodes. It didn't take me that long, but I also didn't realize how long it was. <laughs> the, um, the way the characters are just um, developed and, like, um, what's the term? Like, just over time, the more you see of them, the more I love them. It's it, it's just so good. I don't know. There's Yay! it's very non-problematic in my mind. Like there's nothing bad about it for me so far, but I don't want to jinx anything. Well, Enid is my fave, obviously, but okay, yeah, Enid is a strong choice, and, and yeah, I, I think we've talked a bit before about like the the general wholesomeness of this show. Although we're getting into some different territory in this in this season, but yeah. over overall, <laughs> it's been a very like honestly, I think show. when TKO like was introduced i was like okay this is going down a road that i didn't expect but it's like mm -hmm. the perfect road for it to go down like we need more <laughs> shows like that yeah yeah, yeah. but there's so dark sides to the hero and you know dramatic mm -hmm. and uh, of the dark side that is something that is touched upon in this batch of episodes so um <laughs> what 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 did you think ali about uh, specifically this group like what stood out to you the most of these episodes the fact that Deep Reveal was not the last episode to be revealed. I think that was like the most jarring thing, but also kind of expected just the episode after that, you know, it was like, so are we just, we're moving right along. Okay. But it's also very, it keeps in with, okay, KO. I feel like they've done stuff like this before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they've had big stuff and it's like, oh my God. And then we just move on to like a cute, not filler episode, but like a more lighthearted episode. Right, like it sometimes takes us a couple of episodes to get back to the to the story from like a big story episode. So that yeah, you're right, that makes sense. Um, Michelle, how about you? What's your biggest takeaway from this group of episodes? 
I mean, I, I can't say it because we can't get into spoilers yet, can we? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're not spoilers, I mean, honestly, the, the biggest who's thing listen, for me who's is Who's listening like... to this podcast and not have <laughs> I don't know, Steve. Okay, Imagine well, uh, uh, we Allie, Allie gave a general thing. positive take. So with that, like, look, these are good episodes. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Okay, we're good. There you go. Michelle, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest thing that I came away with was honestly, like, I could not believe how versatilely attractive Venomous is. Yes. As both, like... <laughs> like a chonky kind of like bill laser blast and like slim snaky like sneaky venomous like he can pull off so many looks and i'm very jealous of him he's so lucky he's attractive in so many forms right yeah that's okay. right. it's, it's really that's weird that, that, <laughs> that checks out as your biggest takeaway michelle so <laughs> it's true. Uh, Steve, uh, what, what's the biggest thing that stood out to you of this group? Well, besides the big reveal, um, it's uh, the fact that these batches episodes were sort of like two little arcs are going on here. It was first to a couple episodes was about sort of these, this laser blast arc, and the other ones were this Radicles arc. Yeah, so. we, we joked about if we were going to get a rad arc, and you <laughs> uh-huh. guys said no. I've been waiting well, for it. Yeah, look at what we got. We got one. So um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. Enid, but, Rad, and Ko. The Rad has like maybe the shortest arc, but it's still an arc. Yeah, wow. the Starfire of our show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn. I'm if you talk about the old Teen Titans show, if you're familiar with that. Um, so what the takeaway for me though is like, of course, the uh, big reveal episode was sort of big game changer. But it made me have to go back to some previous episodes, especially the episodes in the previous batch, like um, TKO Rules, like the uh, KO Trap, or in KO versus Fink. I had to re-examine those episodes after finding out all this new information. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll definitely talk about like what this does for Ko's character, if anything, uh, when we yeah. get deeper into it. Just my, my general thoughts. I I think that this continues the the streak of very high quality for OKKO OK season three. Like I think all, all, almost all these episodes are like really great, and that it continue. Uh, I think like OKKO OK has like vaulted into a new a new level in this season so like it definitely fits in with like best shows of this year and it's peaking with with big reveal obviously but also the rad episodes are a lot better than i would have expected if you told me that we were gonna have two rad episodes uh rippy Roo was was funny was funny enough and like had its uh had its asides i thought we had like three rad episodes really yeah three yeah yeah the cat one yeah that's true we're gonna talk about so technically he has like the longest arc it's just the most condensed uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 just like what it does for ko's character like it toss it tosses in a new some new wrenches even though there's stuff that we theorized for a while but like it now that it's finally confirmed we can like dig a bit more concretely into it so with, with that being said yeah. i think that that is the headline that we kind of have to talk about by default first the big yeah. reveal mm-hmm. so at the very beginning of the episode, this this is just a great comedic moment where it just starts like five <laughs> seconds of silence. It's like, so yeah. this is my dad. Laser blast, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the so best good. episode openings that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 
And uh, as we go through the episode, we eventually get to the reveal that Professor Venomous is, in fact, Laser Blast. And we get his whole backstory of how he turned into Professor Venomous. And we have a whole Star Wars parody of I Am Your Father. (laughs) (laughs) That I couldn't take seriously, I have to be honest. (laughs) It it was pretty good. Uh, Well, KO specializes in parody of many things, and so Star Wars was bound to be there eventually. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Mm. now that we have this information, again, like we've been talking about Professor Venomous and, and Laser Blast for a long time, so now that it's finally laid out in front of us what were mm. your reactions g- uh, given that uh, michelle how how do you feel about this quote big reveal this is not the first time this has happened in this show but my immediate reaction was like oh my god steve was right again <laughs> <laughs> that's like i'm so sorry steve like every time you come up with a really intense theory i'm always like i don't know oh. about that man like what about all this other oh. evidence and but like time and time again, you've been right, and it uh, seriously blows you. my mind. And I, for this podcast, I have a theory on who or what <laughs> shadowy figure is, which well, I'll get to yeah, later. Yeah, we talked about it last pod too, and I like maybe you're right about that too. But, I mean, but, who knows at this point? I got more like uh, more in deep, more like thoughts on shadowy figure. It's coming together more after this episode. What what exactly shadowy figure is? I wasn't sure last time. I just knew there was a connection, but now I'm starting to get an idea. Well, good I job, mean, yeah. good job giving so Steve credit for this because otherwise no, no. he would have taken credit for himself. <laughs> I mean, it's good to it's good to you know point out when things are right. I mean, it's it's hilarious because we spent like what like a year and a half now being like, oh yeah, they have the same voice actor, but that can't mean anything, right? I mean, he's different skin color. But no, it was him all along. And I, oh man, <laughs> good job to you. Uh. Um, well, yeah. Do you want to uh, take? Do you want to gloat a little bit, Steve? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to say. Uh, uh, outside of um, I, I tell you, I was, <laughs> I was outside. If I was Carol, yeah. If I was Carol, first thing, like when, when I found this out, if I was Carol, first thing I'm saying to to Venomous is, "You owe me lots and lots of child support." Oh, see, were you the one who posted that Tumblr thing? <laughs> no. Okay. No, 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 but I was so, thinking the same thing. I thought they were going to do that real. joke in the episode. I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to, She was actually going to go there in this episode, saying, oh, "You owe me it. years of child support, buddy." Oh my god! No, can I? Like, I actually like. I took the screenshot from it because it's somebody got real sassy on Tumblr after this episode, and they wrote this whole thing about how like Venomous owes Ko child support, oh, yeah. Yeah. and like they they did a calculation. So he's like, "All right, so let's say average non-custodial parent must pay twenty five hundred dollars per month." He missed 11 years. He, like, does this calculation for, like, 11 years equals, like, $330,000. And then, like, they end up by saying, like, IDK, why look this up? It's clear Venomous is reaching the peak on us liking him. Carol and KO deserve at least a financial apology from Professor Venomous if he's not sorry by heart. Plus, we all know, we're all thinking that this guy would not pay child support. Let's be honest. (laughs) It just killed me. It's the best thing I've ever read. I love the KO fans so much. And and the thing is, though, Venomous, he was there all the time. He saw all the effects that Laser Blast disappearance had on everyone. What it did to, like, say, Mr. Gar, what it did to Carol, what it did to, like, Foxtail, like, what it did to everybody. And he just stood there 
just didn't say a thing. Just watching all his friends just fall apart, and he just didn't seem to. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. Well, how he evil makes, he is. Yeah, that's why he makes such a good villain. I guess he's just willing yeah. to stand by and not deal with any of the ramifications. And and it's also like I said, it turns the tale dynamic in terms of like. Is Boxman kind of his stepdad? Is like yes! out of his half sister? Yes! It's like, oh and what God. about the Daryls and Shannon and Raymond? Are they like sort of his step siblings? I, like, I, yes! I didn't think we were gonna get to this this soon, but yes, that was my yeah. thought. I actually it was like, wait, so now are like Boxman and, and Carol gonna have like a weird divorced parents at new parents yes! dynamic situation here? And, uh, we saw a couple of batches ago. Uh, like we saw how. How more nicer sometimes Ko and the robots are getting along a little bit better. Like that one time they took Ko home when he was feeling well and put him and tucked him in. So maybe that's foreshadowing. Uh, I, I love that that Bossman already knew about this. Like Venomous, like in one oh, yeah. of their intimate conversations, is just like, "Hey, by the way, you should know. Like I'm actually Ko's dad." <laughs> He's a good is, yeah. evil partner he disclosed all of his personal information to the one he loves the most so i mean it makes perfect sense boxman knew about it yeah <laughs> um ali yeah. what since like you were go- going through this on a binge so like did did you what what were you thinking about the late laser about laser blast or professor venomous as you were watching and how, how did this reveal play out for you well, I think like everybody, I definitely thought Professor Venomous was shadowy figure, and I still do think they have to be connected because they're the same voice, they have the same three dots on the cheek. I still think like he has three different identities because I don't know that would also make it not more interesting. I don't know. Um, I, I I feel like I don't know. It's not predictable, but it also kind of is. But the way that they went about it was very well. I like. Mm. I, I mean, they were joking about like I thought we were gonna draw it out more, but like I think this was a good time. To well, reveal it. I, I kind of wanted a minute's response to be we don't know how many se- seasons we have left, right. so we <laughs> gotta do this now. a little on the nose, but they like more or less kind of what enough. they're saying. I mean, it's yeah. it's meta enough. It's like we should torment him for at least another season. <laughs> at least another <laughs> yeah. season, yeah. Yeah, so any, anytime a character mentions seasons, that's like always good enough for like a, a meta joke there. Um, and, and yeah, as Michelle touched upon, the the type of backstory that he gets is is very inter- interesting. And uh, um, I mean, obviously, it's going on the basic of somebody wanting more power, right? But we I don't know about it... you. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, I don't know about you, but his original power when he his power is he drains other people's powers. That's an evil power, you know. That's just a power more for a villain, draining other people's power. It's not exactly hero-like power, so... Yeah, I want to see, like, the conflict that he has, like, the feelings that he has about that, like, when he was laser blast, because he definitely has inner turmoil about it. He needs therapy, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, we all need therapy, but... <laughs> um... <laughs> Really? Yeah, the ven- ven- venomous uh, or laser. Bl- what do I even call him? <laughs> well, like, venomous blast. Now. Yeah, yeah. 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 But when he was laser blast, uh, we we see that his uh, previous romantic relationship with then Silver Spark now Carol. So it's good to finally see a little bit more of that. So they like kiss. That in the also middle. means he's like queer like he's open i don't know how he identifies but like i guess i just assumed he was gay but like i don't i mean maybe he could see like i want to like at the end like whenever this show ends i want to know canonically how venomous identifies not because it's a big deal 
but kind of because it's a big deal to me. Like, <laughs> did it change? Did he think he was straight? But then, like, when, like, his life changed and became emo, he's like, no, man, like, I can do whatever I want. And this box um, man, like, I don't know. Like, I, I love him. Or did he always know? I'm and kinda, is he, like, Pan? Like, who knows, man? But that's very interesting to me. I'm kind of wondering, is Fink his to like his biological daughter, and he, he no! just doesn't know. Biological. I mean, I'm no. just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, we had no, this his, conversation last time. I don't know. He could have knocked out an adult rat. He could have knocked up an adult rat, and that yes! no, but Steve, we, we saw the backstory of, of her, her being found in a dumpster. Like yeah, that's a, the, like, they can't be biological. Oh no, we know now. He's a. He could be a lie. It could all be a lie. You never know. You can't trust him anymore on his words. I mean, that's true, too. <laughs> I cannot imagine he had a relationship with, like, a rat for some, some reason. I, I can't imagine, though, just a, I just, I just imagine my head, a rat just bringing his, his basket and just leaving his door just saying, okay, I'm leaving. This is, uh, you gotta deal with the consequences, buddy. Like, no, okay. Okay, he did it once. He did it once with Carol. He can do it again with somebody else. So, but he kept, he kept Fink. So why would he keep Fink? But then just not tell Ko anything. That's a little weird to play favorites. Oh no, favorites. Power actually, dynamic. I would actually the way I look at it differently is to her, I think Fink and her turbo powers. In a way, I'm just saying, just assume she's he's, she's not his biological daughter. I think she's just a guinea pig. That power to what he's going to give to his biological son later on. He's like. She was oh. a pest. She's a literal lab rat in that sense. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's true. <laughs> literal lab <But> rats. <laughs> um, oh, and I do yeah. wonder, though, what Ko and Fink's like dynamic will be in the future. Would he view her as like his little sister? Would he be like a little protective for her? If she go do something stupid, put herself in danger? Like, I mean, I don't know. We'll. we'll oh. I guess we have to wait and see Fink? the future. Fink does not play well with others. I mean, she had that whole situation with Daryl before, so I feel like yeah. she, I feel like she's gonna probably be jealous of Ko, honestly, because oh, yeah. like she calls him boss, he can actually call him dad. That's probably gonna be a yeah. big deal to her. Um, and and I do think though, if we saw well the uh, sidekick scout episode, I think Ko is a type of person. I think he'd be excited to be a big brother to somebody. I think he would would love that, but you know, I just think it's not someone he had in mind for that. But you know. Okay, uh, this, this is a little bit. This is a little bit more on the Ko Fink dynamic. The, like we we oh, need to talk way, about Ko's relationship with Venomous. Like we haven't talked about that yet. There are. I found out. I didn't even knew that was such a thing on know in the internet. I mean, damn, people are so upset that their ships is kind of dead now. I'm like, why would you ship her in the first place? She's so much younger than him, and they ship. Six to eleven years old. Yeah, he's six to eleven. He's a baby. Yeah. He's a little baby boy. And also, Ko <laughs> Dendi already exists. So, like, yeah, yes, thank you. Hey, they are friends. Excuse you. Okay, They're okay, just okay. friends of cowards. We're getting off the rails here, right? Okay. Anyways. <laughs> More, I think, a bit more importantly to the story, really, because Ko Fink. I mean, we had one episode that was fine, but uh, Ko and Venomous. Uh, in this episode, we see Ko having a bit of a struggle with uh, with coming to t- coming to terms with this information, and at the very end, uh, as, 
once this is revealed, we start seeing his his like purple lightning powers begin to come out, like his TKO desk is like trying to break out. A, d- a daddy offers to, <laughs> to have him join him. Yeah, work. no, do not say daddy. Don't ever. say daddy, please. He, he said daddy. How do you like to join <laughs> daddy at work today? Daryl only, no one else. But like his face when he says daddy is very sexy. Like you have to admit that. Disgusting. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Disgusting. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so KO does not reject this outright. He's like, well, I want to understand TKO better. We could, like, hang out on weekends. They beat oh the my God. Does she have him. some remorse for what he did to TKO a while ago? Like, I already? Probably. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. He's evil. I, like, I'm okay with him just being evil. But I do think, like, he has a curiosity to be up KO. Like, I don't know... Well, okay, so like oh, the shadowy figure thing, like we don't know. I mean, it's becoming increasingly more obvious that like probably he has two identities. That seems like a lot of identities for one person, um, but maybe that's true. But if that's true, and he like, ugh, I don't know, like where where did TKO come from? Uh, I, and I, how, how does that relate to Venomous? Because he seemed like a normal guy before. I, I got yeah, I got thoughts on that. Um, first of all, I think looking back at TKO rules that ending. I kind of see how harsh KO was. It kind exactly. of wonders. It's kind of like Apple does not fall far from the tree. I guess. I guess that's sort of his villain side because he's so harsh. That's not the KO we know and love act behavior in that episode. But also, I think I know Shadowy Figure. You know why? Who I why I think Shadowy Figure is? I think he's sort of a. He's either Venomous's own version, his turboness, his TKO, or his like, or he's literally. Venomous is like shadow clone. Clone? Oh, like, oh, I don't ever see ever well, see I don't ever see the anime Naruto. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard of it storming okay. Area Fifty One. Yeah, I've heard yes. of Boruto's dad before. Yeah, I don't know about anything else. <laughs> um, last podcast I mentioned the shadow projection theory. Is that like the same thing, yeah. or is that different? Shadow yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't think that. I don't think he's literally like in like in, in Ko versus Fink. I don't think he was in two places at once. I think he was in his office the whole time, and Sherry figure is like a part of him, but not his physical body. Right. Okay. Right. So, so some kind I of projection. Being a TKO yeah. figure. Has, yeah, has Ko ever like touched? Has, has anybody ever laid a finger in Shadowy figure? Ever actually? No. Like, only Ko has really ever seen him too. Yeah. So. That's so, still there, but he's not a physical being. Mm-hmm. Well, but Mister Gar knows he exists, doesn't yeah. he? Because like that yeah, secret he, machine. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying he's like either like like a clone, like he's a uh, maybe he's just something like you can't touch. Like if you try if you try yes. to hit him, you go right through him. Oh, so he's a clone like the clones he made of like Rad and Enid that turned yeah. into goop, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, he has made clones before, so that checks out. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah. So um, we we kind we kind of straight straight a little bit get a shadowy <laughs> figure, but I just want to know like, do you guys what do you guys think about what effect? Because throughout the season three, Ko we've like sort of been on the lines of, like him 
figuring out his place as a hero situation like especially with tko rules like fit, figuring out like harsh decisions that he needs to make and now we have this thrown in where it's like him kind of on the line between uh, staying a hero and like he says to carol at the end like I, I i still i choose to be a hero but we have this side of him like being curious about you know exploring his other his other sides so I'm just interested in, in what you guys think this uh, this means for Ko going forward, like his uh, his willingness to explore that side of himself. It's probably a good thing because I'm still very upset about TKO's situation. I don't think he deserves that. I don't think he's like a villain yet. I think he could be if his mm-hmm. relationship with Ko gets worse, but I don't think he's there yet. So I feel like if if KO like starts hanging out with Venomous and understanding his power, he can make a more conscious decision to use it for, you know, the purposes of good. And TKO can be a part of that. He honestly has in the past. Mm -hmm. So I think like this probably needs to happen, but I'm still just like, TKO does not deserve this. He has like so little autonomy. And I hope that KO can make up with him soon. Because, like, the longer this plays out, the more upset TKO is probably going to get and the less likely he's going to want to work with KO. Maybe he'll just try to possess him again because he's that mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali, do you, do you have any thoughts on where KO is headed? I don't know. Michelle pretty much covered it. But I'm glad that... I, well, I liked that Carol was also like, yeah, I mean, why not? Like, you can go... <laughs> figure out your dark side if you want like because she recognizes that it's something that has to happen too which i appreciated she's a really she's like the best mom ever and i love it yeah she's very supportive it's it's really nice best mom award of the year every year forever that's why we gotta fight for the child support because carol probably doesn't have time for that but we're on her side we'll get it yes charity Uh, fund to raise money do we know do we know any lawyers on the show um oh maybe I mean, in the, in the plaza, is there is there like at least one like law firm in the plaza? I'm I mean, Gar, Gar kind of looks like a lawyer. <laughs> He's got like the yeah, just without the shirt. His yeah. venomous makes bank. Like he has so much money, and I bet he money launders because he's a villain. But like, still, there's a lot he could be giving to the Ko College Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing Carol and Venomous like tussle for a little bit. Like the, the, the it was kind of hot. In yeah. The way. <laughs> yeah, right now it was though. Like I, I, I was gonna say there was a lot of tension, but yes, the hotness. Well, yeah, <laughs> tension. You people. Yeah. <laughs> well. well I wonder when that happened. Was Boxman there to see that? You know, no, he get a little jealous. For a second. He wasn't there. Okay, good because I could just see him to a little bit jealous. Because uh, he'd be a little jealous. So like... Well, Venomous told told Boxman to get the deal ready while he was handling yeah. this family business. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boxman's gonna feel more guilty than jealous, actually, because he like knew about it and he knows Carol could kick his butt. And he's probably just gonna be like, "Hey, can we be friends? I'm sorry, I didn't steal him. He's just evil now. You understand." But is Boxman like the type to be friends with his uh, his um his parents? Partners Etz? Well, I think he wants to be amiable, like most, you know, awkward ex-relationships. Like, he's going to be friends. Yeah. Laxatives or something. Mm -hmm. Did I hear laxatives? (laughs) Yeah, he'll invite them to dinner and put laxatives in their food. (laughs) Aggressively get revenge. Yeah, yeah. That that seems like a Botsman power move, yeah. Um, oh, the, the fact though that he that venomous he just he's now he's purple he has purple 
purple face. I kind of wonder if that's an homage to say, uh, like someone like the Joker, who I guess originally was normal skinned and then is like has his like white skin now, or or even Doctor Dragon from Kim Possible. If you saw his backstory, he originally also oh, had normal yeah. human face. Maybe. Yeah, but villains ch- uh, being uh, uh, physically altered is a thing that exists in media. So, hmm. haven't uh, you guys seen The Wizard of Oz? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Wasn't she always green though? Yeah. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Unless we're thinking about the Broadway musical, then yeah, I I think she was always green right. no matter what. Anyway, yeah. we're off topic. What's wrong with green? I told Kermit the Frog be saying, "What's wrong with green?" Okay, okay. <laughs> Enough green stuff. Uh, let's see. Any other stuff that, like, well, I guess uh, just uh, talking a little bit about the actual telling of the backstory. Like, w- w- I already yes. mentioned, like the the ro- the romance part of it, but we also get that moment where they're in the bedroom together, and like his event um, laser blast is kind of distraught, and Carol is trying to support him, but then he gets hurt when he hears Carol say something that kind of contradicts sort of what what she said to him in private. Okay, so. I've thought about this for okay. a, while, a while. So I think the issue is like Laser Blast was never content with his powers. He always felt insecure. So he ended up taking away all of his powers by trying to pursue more power and did his self in. Like I think Carol's whole thing is like, look, you you're on a superhero team. Your your power is awesome and it comes in handy a lot. So, like, him not being strong enough for, like, a crazy situation doesn't necessarily mean he's not strong enough to be a good hero. And he kind of got rid of his own powers, and that's his fault for not being okay with himself. And, it, in the and that's place. the and it connects, Yeah. And it connects well with K.O.'s story. Like, you know, early in the series, he's had that same insecurities towards Rat mm-hmm. and Enid that he mm-hmm. felt he was the weak link of them, their team. And, he was, and it shows different that he was able to overcome it and didn't consume himself and become evil, so... Interesting. That's yeah. a very good point, Parallels. Steve. Like it, it, it's like comparing uh, the pursuit for absolute power versus be, being okay with a power that serves a certain purpose, right? And like yeah. that, that's kind of been a thing in this show throughout, and it's also the case here with, with, with Laser Blast, so... But yeah, Venomous loses his powers in like trying to hide the evidence, and he, in pursuit of trying to regain it, he turns himself purple. And but eventually, he gets rich selling to villains. So he he loses any sense of morality. It's like, well, and he really needs therapy. <laughs> Money is power. Yeah, that yeah, that line that like I I think he says something like, "You don't need powers to have power." And, like money's falling from the sky. It's like such a, mm-hmm. it's such like a a, a billionaire move to be. Yeah. He's kind of like forgetting that like he must be a very brilliant engineer slash scientist to make patents on things villains can pay good money for so it's not like just anyone can do that he must be exceptionally smart in certain ways and exceedingly dumb in others to get himself into that predicament in the first place mm-hmm. and in fact yeah he could just sell the same stuff to point they would have taken it taken it i think well, they do show that little scene where he's like, hey, maybe we should try taking these balls yeah. of that suck power. And it's like, no, we got to destroy them. And so, like, Well, I'm talking about the post like, after after Laser Blast disappears when Foxtail becomes a little crazy for a bit. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah. Yeah, but Fo- Foxtail's another character that like had to deal with like the whole power yeah. structure problems, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so that's yeah, just I'm- been a thing throughout this show. <laughs> 
And uh, uh, one final note at the end, like Carol and uh, and Ko beat beat them up, and they're like, "Hey, I'll, I'll choose to be here. I'll, I'll get you ice cream at Wiener Kebab." So I, I want to <laughs> quickly Carol's ask, such a good mom. Wiener Kebab. Yeah, yeah I, like I want to ask, like, what, place. yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to ask. Would you go to a place called Wiener Kebab for ice cream? Yes. Yes. You know what? It's always like. False advertising. It's always the places that serve like pizza or meat that have the best ice cream. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Ice cream is ice cream, so not true. Like, Cold Stone's overpriced yeah. and sucks compared to just you know that well, sweet soft serve for wow. fifty exactly. cents. I don't know, you guys. Yeah. I think, but personally, I think the best ice cream is Baskin Robbins. But that's just me. I it's like the there. one that I can go to my freezer in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, mm. I like it. The way people look at the grocery store, I feel that. Yeah. Like, well, why do I want to go to a place that specifically sells ice cream when I could just have it whenever I feel sad at home? So. Yeah. <laughs> or right. when it's hot, you know, it don't have to be sad. It can just be that, hot, too. That's, that's, true. that's true. The hot <laughs> makes him sad. Aww. Mm-hmm. That's not wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... That that was the biggest thing to come out of it, but as mentioned in uh, at the beginning, three of these episodes deal with Brad, a character that we've uh, had at, le- at least personally speaking. I'm not going to speak for everyone else, but we've had a bit of an on and off relationship with Brad over over the show, <laughs> in terms of like at times he comes off very abrasive, at times he's a bit charming and like he shows his vulnerability. And I, th- at least for me, I think that this part of uh, of the red arc is leaning towards that second part where we're like diving into his vulnerabilities and that's what makes him when they do that is when he's a more interesting character so i enjoyed these rad episodes but how do you guys feel about the usage of rad in in these uh, three eps uh, ali i'm glad we got to see his family because i've been kind of waiting for that since we initially saw them being like nerdy and alien like and i'm glad we got like like it's um, the reveal that it's like, oh, there are two types of aliens on this planet, and you're like the perfect blend. Basically, I was like, oh, it's cute, a little cliche, but I appreciated it because he is a cliche <laughs> jock nerd. Yeah. He's the best. I also had a love hate relationship with him at the beginning of the series because you know he it can be adult, but he's a precious boy. Mm-hmm. He needs to be protected. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Michelle, your 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 rad thoughts in these episodes? Everything Ali said, but also the cat episode yes. Yes. was everything. So many cute cats got animated for that episode, and I Ooh. also like was a little sad that they like punched Michaela out in the end. He's <laughs> like, oh. she's a cat too. She's just an evil robot cat. She, it's her nature to be kind of a dick, but <laughs> she's still a cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure yeah. what, what example this is setting for the more um, violent cats that are out there. Like, instead of, you know, they just kick them out. So I'm not sure if that's a, a great I'm kinda wondering, message. I'm kind of <laughs> wonder, wondering, man, is uh, is Rad going to see with someone again? I mean, um, are, they, are they friends? Like, regular, like, buddies? Or he's never going to see her again? I just... Yeah, that, that was an interesting thing to call yeah. back, that random Mighty Magiswords crossover. <laughs> Wait, who are we referring to right now? Uh, the that, that, person that in girl... his picture, he, like, pretended, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm totally seeing her. And at the end, he comes to oh, me, he's like, no, yeah. we're just good platonic friends, and that's fine, too. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, that was from that one crossover episode well, that like well we know up again. Well, we know for sure Rad and Raymond. That's totally the ship here. Oh my god, yes! <gasps> and then when he gets older, no, I was also thinking because like the the awesome like Doctor Sphinxen who has like a like a coffin thing in the back of the store to sleep in. She asked him like, "Yo, you you are here all the time. You obviously love cats so much. Why don't you ever adopt one?" And he says his parents are allergic and he can't. Oh, that so makes when he, me so sad. I know. But that means when Raymond gets his own when he gets his own place, like he can hook up with Raymond. They can share like a bedroom <laughs> and he can adopt his favorite kitty. It would be mm-hmm. so great for them. Am I the mm-hmm. only one who still ships Enid and Rad a little bit? No, you can Ooh. ship them as five. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. They're really, they're really good friends. I know, but and, for once, I'm in the heterosexual minority. And, and <laughs> by the way, I do have, I do have uh, a little spoiler. There's a future episode called "Another Rad versus um, uh, Red Action." Red Action, yeah, Red Action. I can, oh. I can yeah, episode I coming up. I want so. Enid can date them both. Just let her That's date true. them both. Enid does not need to be exclusive. She's so amazing. Like, who wouldn't want to get with her? Maybe she'll just, you know, equal opportunity. Yeah, I mean, Red Axe is from a different dimension, so it's like, you know, on the... And by the way, speaking of the whole reach. The whole reason... Reach hand. She has two of them. The whole reason Rad Rad was a little... Racing with Enid was a little weird for a long time was because of those two little... His buddies, and he finally stood up to them in this episode. In one of these episodes, finally got their come up thing. So good for him. Yeah, um, I appreciate. Well, also like following up on the cat stuff. Uh, I <laughs> recently adopted a cat a couple of yes! weeks ago. Yeah, so I thought I'm of ve- you. I'm like ve- very soft toward cats right now. So I was very angry when they kept like saying the kitties were lame, and then I was very, very puffed up my chest with like he was able to like <laughs> defend the the cats the love of cats so it you're akin the... with rad yeah yeah because it's like you know cat people are very valid and the, there's no reason to call them lame just because yeah. like dogs for some reason are more popular like, cats are cat, great. cat people I'm, and people who and, cats and, equally and for, valid and media has always been so anti-cats like it's always been yeah. like yeah, the dogs are the good guys and the cats are the bad guys and the mice are the good guys cats are the bad guys going all the way back to say uh back to tom and jerry or the uh, 1950s cinderella movie or what have you cats have gotten a bad <laughs> no it's ever. true steve i've thought about this a lot as someone who's more pro cat and like my, part of me this is a tangent obviously no, we can talk because this like, is important to like I the honestly, history of animation <laughs> There's like this weird gendering of cats and dogs where it's like, yeah. you know, a dog is a boy's mm-hmm. best friend or whatever. And like people say like pussycat endearingly to their like female partner. I feel like that can't be a coincidence. The, also, the favoritism of dogs coded and, as male. And also like also like the idea though that good guys, they have dog sidekicks and the villains, they're sidekicks. They, they pet cats, pets. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a way to effeminize them and make them seem extra evil, which is Damn. terrible. How dare you? And, and actually, the, the, the gendering is relevant to this episode, right? Because, like, Mega Football Baby and Belby are, like, portrayed as these, like, stereotypical jock males. It's like, oh, yeah, cats are lame. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and, and in, also, like, lame in this episode is kind of, like, 
uh, is kind of analogous to not masculine enough. Because, oh, like, totally. Also, yeah. So like the fact that like Rat at the end feels comfortable enough to be like, no, these are the things I like, and it's like I'm not gonna adhere to your your like. Ko says something very deep in the middle of there. It's like if somebody doesn't fit in your box, you feel threatened. So like, and that that applies to like, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that applies to like the whole, whole gendering of things such as that and many other interests in your life. Like you should speaking be able to of, like what you like. So just that, speaking that, of genders, is is very relevant to this. Well, speaking of genders, I kind of wonder: is Mega Football Baby a trans? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. It could be a girl or something. Because of the voice or what? Yeah, yeah. I just, think just they just features. have a baby voice. I mean, yeah. a lot of times babies are exclusively voiced by like but older voice it'd be, actor it'd ladies. Be though, if it was either trans or girl, and it had this exterior trying to act all macho. Like trying to hide something, it just give more depth to the character. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we don't have we don't have enough there, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can have any headcanon you want, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, br- briefly, other stuff from the rescue episode, since I guess we're like there. Uh, as mentioned, Doctor Sphinxin, like kind of an Egyptian headdress. She's also got a tail, so like is she She's like awesome. She is a sphinx. <laughs> What is a sphinx exactly, though? Like the sphinx. It's, okay, so they it's... have a lion body but a human head, right? Mm, okay, I think that's it. So she's, <laughs> that's, she's that, yeah. So she's a lion lady. Gotcha. But she's uh, got okay. if she has a human head, but like sphinxes are supposed to for some reason. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did Miss Mummy show up in this episode or no? I, I don't, don't think remember. So. No, because it feels like very hand in hand, right? Like the Doctor Spitzen should know this mummy somewhere. But anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, let's hear anything else. Oh, also, just oh, like the oh, scenes way, of the cats way. playing with each other oh, and like going oh, on the cat yeah. towers. Like that's all very cute. Yeah, so. so cute. Sure. Oh, by the way, did someone post a Tumblr uh, voice of who the person Brad was working for, the shelter? Doctor Spitzen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Spinkton. Yeah, that she was also the voice of Patty Mayonnaise on on the classic Doug show. <gasps> wow, oh. that's awesome. And yeah, that's and as you also saw in the previous, we talked, we had Marilyn Chartoff as like one of the teachers at Point Prep. She was on the Rugrats cartoon, so it's kind of cool. All these voice actors from the past who've been out of the game for a while, they keep bringing them back. Mm-hmm. I wonder who voices Fink because her voice is always. Really oh, I know her. I know her. She uh, really she was uh, she, she was oh she's Lisa Loud in the Loud House. She's also um Kari on the Digimon dub originally. <laughs> so yeah, she does a lot of voice work. Um, like originally start her career on as a child actress on uh 80s show Give Me a Break. Um. Oh wow. Yeah, I can't get, I don't know the name off my head, but I know her voice. Uh, uh, Lara Jill uh, Miller. Just, uh, yeah, Lara Jill Miller, yeah. So she's done a lot of stuff, like, mo- originally mostly in, in dub work, but now she's mostly doing um, Western animation stuff. So, yeah, she's okay. she's great, so. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, previous to this episode, we had the two um, other rad episodes that are connected of him going on the vacation. We have Planet X, which uh, as... We talked about the basic thing is that like he's dealing with the fact that he's kind of a jock and his family are nerds, but he finds this uh, coach person to like prove his strength, and eventually he figures out that uh, his mom used to be a, a from the jock family and his dad is from the nerd, and so that's why he's kind of like in the middle, and he has this whole thing about like fit about fitting in, and uh, I think that this episode is. Uh, 
It's got its funny moments. It's maybe not. This is a thing that's been touched upon before with with Rad in terms of like where where he stands, as especially with the second episode with Radical Rescue, also like him struggling to find like where he fits in. So just uh, th- this is another good addition to that. Um, I especially enjoyed it uh, at the end. There's like a line about nerds and jocks bonded long ago on Earth over fantasy football, arguing yeah. the internet and video game. Video game. Yeah. Yeah, the, the animation of the custom video game that they show in the beginning and at, at the end is also pretty cool. I, I think that's mm-hmm. a that's a guest animation being done there, but I I wanted to highlight that as like another example of OKKO, like love loving the video game styles and so they're yeah. getting them pretty well. Um, I don't I know. I think you guys... that's like one of my favorite parts of the show is the video game mm-hmm. world aspect. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, expect that. Anything else from, from uh, Planet X or from the Deep Space Vacation that you guys want to talk about? His grandpa's kind of a butt, and I i mean, I guess you can't choose your family. Mm. But yeah. Coach, I mean, he maybe Video's Game will soften him to nerds. Yeah. I hope yeah. so. Video's well, Game yeah. brings everyone together. Yeah, it regions up a little bit. Um, compared to some other grandpa characters on another show we cover, I think we know which show I'm talking about. He's okay, at least a little better than that person. So, okay, Ko. Um. <laughs> oh my God! No, Carol said that in the de- in the big reveal. She's like, "Are you okay, Ko?" And Every I was time like, she oh. says that, I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, yeah. Very there, there was a line where um, Rad says, like, I'm not going to betray who I love. And Coach is like, sounds like something a nerd would say. So, yeah. You! Dang, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, nerd, I get it again. And, and by the way, and we'll find out that it probably might be something his daughter said to him long ago. So, <laughs> like, mother like son, huh? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Dad, um, you're a nerd. And we have a deep space vacation, which is uh, Enid and Ko kind of wanting, uh, kind of missing Rad, and they decide to go visit him. Mister Gar gives Enid her own space motorcycle. Um, oh, and I love that uh, that was was so awesome. That moment was so sweet between Mister Gar and Enid. It's sort of like a father daughter like moment. Like I thought that was nice. And also, just like seeing Enid yeah. excited about yeah. stuff is kind of rare. Yeah. So like seeing yeah. Enid happy is, is always a good feeling. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she she like put the stickers on immediately. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I saw somewhere that they like put uh, the uh, the one of the stickers was the bi flag color, but I wasn't yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was on her. Card. Does she have a bike? Because it was on a vehicle she had before. I think she's worn yeah, a helmet like before, like in one of the Red Action episodes. She wore a helmet. No, no, I think okay. You guys are no, you guys are confusing that with Mystery Girl from Steven. Oh, right, she right, right. had a buy thing on her helmet. No, but uh, Enid had a buy thing on something earlier in mm-hmm. like season two or something. You did just watch all of it, so I believe you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you. Seen it more recently. I'll find yeah. it. Uh, and the rest of this episode is them in space dealing with uh, Cosma, who is now a giant. So you guys remember Cosma? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was in the council. She was at the party boat when Boxman crashed it and destroyed everything. <laughs> right. And did we know yeah. she's just like a giant space alien? I feel like that's new information, but... <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love how big she is. Oh, uh, it, Ali big. has posted a picture of her wearing a helmet. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. I wish they'd sell that in the Cartoon Network store. I'd totally right? buy it. Those stickers, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I also want the Shuriken sticker because I'm a weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, um, uh, in yeah. the middle of this, uh, Enid and Ko get pulled into a black hole, and they get like purple spaghetti fights. So, like that's the the interesting yeah. animation of that episode where they like are kind of also oh, speaking yeah. kind of slow, like oh, I guess we should give up and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and it gets solved because Rad, uh, t- well, Rad doesn't know that they've been eaten, but they do a giant. <laughs> None burp. of them know. They They're too busy eating the feast to notice. <laughs> too chill. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it gets solved by a planetary belch, which is the biggest burp in the universe. And she, they got burped out, and everyone's happy. I kind, I kind of wonder if this has happened before. That Cosmos eaten this planet and just belches us out. Like maybe they knew everything was going to work out because it's happened before. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, Ali, you mentioned you, you were into rat, into Radnid. Uh, at the very end, there's Radnid, like a pre- that that name just a good ship. <laughs> well, at the very end, there's a brief moment where Enid is like, "You're my favorite." And Rad is like, "Aw," and then Enid goes, "After Ko, what?" After Ko, <laughs> that was yeah, basically. I love that dynamic so much. They're the parents, and he's the Aww. baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and anything else from Deep Space Vacation that like stands out? So look, hold on. Uh, best friend number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, this was definitely very Dragon Ballish. I've I've seen like a, I know there's some this characters like called Gods of Destruction that sometimes they would eat planets. So this is nothing new to nothing new to me. Yeah, also like uh, Galactus isn't that like a, yeah. a, a, a superhero villain that like eats planets? I feel like that's a thing. But anyways, it's somehow we have gone an entire podcast almost without talking about the legend that is Rippy Rue. Rippy Rue! <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe we met. I forgot Rippy Rue was a girl, which I'm Me sad too. I didn't remember that. But oh my god, her cat eye glasses. She looks like a night, like a '60s mom or something. It is so cute. <laughs> She's a librarian. It's so adorable. Like her and Carol are just like having like a conversation about their lives in a coffee shop. Like, that's, <laughs> like that'd be it's like so a perfect yeah. movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Uh- and also, this also is like the episode, this episode has the most Dendi in it, so. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. true at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, the Dendi's beret is Our around. <laughs> turn. Oh, I love, I love the, how Dendi's like, proactive having a security system for her POW cards, and okay, you want to take notes from her. <laughs> I guess story-wise, this episode is most relevant because it's setting up a little bit of the stuff that gets brought up again in Big Reveal yeah. because it talks yeah. about, like, R- Rippy Rue was trying to find Laser Blast through her, her research and stuff. Again, yeah, again, Venomous just stood there and saw how his disappearance affected all these people's lives. Rippy was another victim, but he just <laughs> stood there and just let it all happen and didn't say nothing. Yeah, lot, lots of sad Rippy Roo in this yeah. episode. Just like her crying and like banging the table. Um, of course, in, in, you probably watched this episode, but if you haven't, just know that Rippy Roo doesn't talk in this episode. <laughs> she, <laughs> so, does well, talk. Yeah, she does talk. She just I doesn't mean, speak human, I, but she talks. I talk. can't believe I didn't. I don't even know if we need a, might have brought this up earlier with Rippy Roo's character, but she's basically blue from Blue's Clue. She talks like exactly yes. the same, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the same as blue. It just blew my mind when and I put that together. It blew your mind. No, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And they, yeah, they Thank perfectly you. understood Rupi Ru, yet they couldn't understand the monster. 
They need it's a different language. Yeah. They didn't take the linguistics classes that she did when she's getting her PhD. Yeah. Ricky Rue is real smart. Like, just getting a Language PhD is hard, man. Yeah. Again, again, like I said, I kind of maybe it would be nice to have some Dendi Ricky Rue interactions because they're both very smart. So. They both have glasses. I'm yeah. smart. It's true. But, but yeah. Dendi's smart, though. She's legitimately smart in terms of inventing stuff and building stuff. Like I said, the last batch. I mean, when we're trying to fix, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the hero that turned evil, the robot hero. They could have used oh, Dendi. Chip. With Chip, yeah, they could have used Dendi with fix Chip damage. I'm just I saying. I know that's true. Well, they should have. <laughs> also, also, Ripi Rue is smart because she's like, oh yeah, I knew Point was going bad, so that's why I left. Her yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, I yes. think that's a bit of a. Hindsight situation, but you know, absolutely, it happens. <laughs> you know, they got to do it sometimes. You can see yeah. the signs. Um, I I was impressed that like, given the fact that all uh, Rippy Roo is doing is like, like it's talking, that somehow like I did feel emotional when like Carol gets to be like, well, you were the only friend I had left. Why did you leave? And then like Rippy Roo is like getting like teary eyed and like banging the table. Like somehow that did that did work on me, despite like how ridiculous it might seem from the outside. I don't know about you guys if you were. Uh, if uh, you felt the same way, but like I was surprised, at, like how like how effective that that scene was. Yeah, yeah. Rippy's mm-hmm. good at emoting, even if we can't understand her words. the The feeling of them comes across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the side thing, I, I guess, like this is like the main story is that Ko is like rescuing his pal card book from the um from the big robot in. Rippy Roo's pouch, which is just like a dimensional yeah. portal. Um, it's, it's a that that's not too consequential, but like it's just okay, a good. Maybe fighting, not for you, but it's <laughs> very consequential for the Mechamar because okay. okay, like it took me the second time watching this to really be like, wait, this is terrible because like so the Mechamar's been in that pouch for like who knows how many decades. He steals the book because he's so bored and lonely from being there for like what thirty years or something. They're like he needs something to entertain himself with, and he finally gets out of the patch, and everyone's just like, oh yeah. I guess everything worked out. It's like he was trapped there for so long and he didn't remember he was even in the pouch. Like, I feel bad for him. I don't think he was that. Yeah, he didn't seem like that bad. He he warmed up to everyone pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was imprisoned in the pouch for extenuating circumstances that weren't totally his fault either. Justice for Mecha Ma. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Hashtag. mean, look... The interesting. I mean, I would say maybe it's just that no one ever understood him. But Rippy Roo knows the language, and she, she knows it now. I, she might not have known it then when she imprisoned mm. him the first time. Maybe, yeah, maybe. she didn't because she went to college, and then she exactly. Or <laughs> well, maybe he maybe Did she maybe gained empathy in college. Is that what yeah. That? Well, maybe he can maybe he can go to college now and learn the language a bit and become more smart, like. Rippy Roo and just he's he's gonna learn English. He yeah. buy his own cat eyeglasses to yeah. wear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we we have all that. Um, K- uh, Carol and Ko watch in confusion as Rippy Roo and Mikamar are talking things out. Um, but then they like Ko and Mikamar hold hands as they go to play with Dendi and uh, Rip- Carol says to Rippy Roo, "It's a new beginning," and then we get the end. And so yeah. does that. So maybe we'll see Rippy Roo again. Who knows? But I hope so. Hopefully, they get to resume their their um 
older woman friendship because that's yeah. that's good. They'll definitely have another cameo at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Rippy Rue will come to save us in the finale. She'll like get the yeah. giant's new robot. She'll just uh, stick it in her pouch. She's uh, gonna come back and punch Venomous in the face for worrying about him for so many years. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah! At the very beginning, Carol is like talking about Rippy Roo, and she notices something that looks like Rippy Roo off in the distance. It turns out it's just Crinkly Wrinkly dressed as Rippy Roo. <laughs> oh. I love the Crinkly Wrinkly gag so much, Allie. I don't know if you know. I'm everywhere. Oh my god! Thank you. He's literally Crinkly, one of my top four characters of the show. I love him unironically. He's so so great. do I. So Thank you. Weird. I'm glad. I thought I was the yeah. only one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so have me. Other than he, the main team, he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's hit or miss for me, but I enjoyed this joke, so that, that's why uh, I wanted to point it uh, out. <laughs> well, he's always hit for me. Like unlike this, the skeleton guy and his friend—that's always oh, come on. Yeah, that's a that's a like, pot shot. He wasn't I even mean, in these episodes. <laughs> I just. I always connect them together. When I think Crickly Wrinkly, I think of those guys too because they're Why? just as recurring in terms of Plaza characters that we see all the time. Okay. I, have, I have a question for Allie about Brendan the Bear. So, okay. Allie, in past in past podcasts when there have been Brendan centric episodes, I have made the the connection that he's kind of like the Patrick Star yes. of the dynamic because, like, he's kind of mean, but like when it comes down to it, he's still like a good he's friend to the dumb. skeleton. Yeah. But he's also kind of dumb. Like, do you see that comparison as valid? Oh yeah, definitely. I think he's maybe smarter than Patrick, but lazier. He's Ooh, just so there. You go. He's definitely yeah. But then, does that make a real skeleton Squidward? Because he doesn't seem like a SpongeBob to me. I don't think he's quite as. I don't think he's like as narcissistic as Squidward. I don't think he gets bad luck as much as Squidward. I don't know who he'd be, honestly. Either. But he's definitely, you know, the de- de- Barry, what the hell is his name? <laughs> Something Brandon. Brandon is definitely what, Patrick. When is the uh, the coffee guy coming back? Uh... Oh, no. Okay, okay. We're, we're, we're too deep. We're too deep. We're too deep. Okay, so uh, somehow this podcast is ending with a discussion about Brandon, a character that did not appear in these episodes. <laughs> but all right. Uh, with that being said, uh, final thoughts on this group of episodes before we begin wrapping up here. Um, uh, uh, Michelle? Uh, this was a fun group of episodes. I think I enjoyed it more since we talked about it, but I was already pretty high on it. I mean, the big reveal just kind of casts a flavor over everything, but I'm really glad we got a rad arc. I'm really glad I got cat episode. That yeah. was a nice surprise. We got a Rippy cat arc. Rippy. Yeah, we got, we got a cat arc with rad. I mean, that's kind of been seated since season one, too, so I'm nice that came to something. Ripiru is wonderful. I'm so glad she got to have conversations with Carol and they could reconnect, and hopefully they will in the future more. Yeah, I'm curious, like, if KO is going to be going on trips with his his evil dad now on the weekends, what does that mean? Like, are we going to get episodes of that? Because I definitely want to see that mm. happen, so I'm excited. Man, like, could you like in the alternate universe where the show got like a fourth season? Could you imagine just the last season being like Ko and Venomous hanging out for the yes. entire season, and like Boxman being like, "I packed a picnic, yeah, on your new stepdad, make it happen." Yeah. Please. Yeah, well, we, we can. We might at least get a couple of episodes, hopefully. Um, Ali, your, your final thoughts on this group. I forgot about the part where Rad has to like delete all the cat pictures on his phone. It was wow. very relatable. Yeah. 
but sad. it's like me with pasta. Anyway, this episode bunch was really good. Interesting. I just I love this show. It's probably it's definitely in like if not the top five, top ten for this year of like best yeah. shows on the network because it, I just it's so enjoyable. I really don't find anything bad about it yet. <laughs> yet. All right, all right. Uh, Steve, final thoughts. All these all these episodes here were were great. Um, I'd say the big reveals like the big episode everyone remembers. And it does make me have to look back at previous episode, re-examine them. But yeah, the episode was good too. Rupi Ru, I love her, man. I I kind of want to see more of her. She's so adorable. I mean, she could. She's like the furry dandy of this. Ashley um, is the best voice actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind uh, of incredible that Ashley Birch also gets to do Rupi Ru. <laughs> that's like the best other role you could have for the show besides being crinkly wrinkly. Her voice is crinkly wrinkly. Oh, wait, wait, Ian does. A- Ian does crinkly wrinkly. You know, it's amazing. It's so good. Ian uh, and Rippy Ru team up. It's right there. We need to do that. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, I'm also glad to see Rad get some spotlight here. Um, I'm interested to see though. We're gonna we're actually gonna see more of his family, like meet our main cast here. I mean, where are we gonna go there? And what's gonna happen? Mister Gar finds out Venomous is oh, yeah. Laser Blast. Oh my yeah. god. Hey, we've got so many stepdads and dads. I kind of wonder, actually, I wonder who does know. I mean, we know Boxman knows, but does uh, Boxman's kids know? Does Fig know? Does any of them know about this thing? I mean, or or just just a big secret between Venomous and Boxman up until now. So Rat Rat and Enid are going to have to console Leo, too, because like they're going to Yeah, well, they don't know about it yet. Oh, thing, people... I thought the episode after the big reveal, like when I saw Rad, I thought Ko was maybe going to talk to them about it, yeah. and I was kind of oh, shocked. People but... say that episode had no connection to big reveal. I disagree in a way because I think that episode also about Ko looking for a hero. You know, his dad let him down, so he's looking at radically maybe to be somebody to look up to. So, Mister yeah. <laughs> yeah. that 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 is an, an interesting way to connect those two. I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, when we will talk about OKKO a little bit later. The only episode that we know is happening pretty soon is Let's Meet Sonic. <laughs> World yeah. class hero Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails visit the plaza. They team up with KO to save the day. Uh, that so is going excited. to come out on August 4th as a TV exclusive. So we will have we to talk about now. Sonic <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Hell yeah. Maybe do that next week. Eric. Maybe we, we we will see how much uh, how much material is there. Also, like just the idea that like all the crossovers that OKKO has done to culminate in Sonic is really a, p- a piece of resist the piece de resistance there. Everyone uh, on that team loves Sonic so much. This comes yeah. as no surprise to me oh, at all. Yeah, no, it, it's just a miracle that they got the rights at all. But like, no, that that is pretty awesome. Oh, oh speaking yeah. of crossovers. Um, remember, we did a crossover with the Scooby Doo Ghoul Schools. Uh, I just got to mention, gonna mention yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're going Yeah, as yeah, like a final piece of housekeeping, um, recently a big uh, piece of animation news is that uh, voice actress Rusi Taylor passed away. Um, she was, did the voice of uh, Minnie Mouse for, men, for many, many years. Also did work on The Simpsons, DuckTales, so, which is yeah. a show that we also have covered. Young Donald. Death. 
Yeah, she did Young Donald on the 2017 version, and she also did the nephews in the original version of the show. Oh, and, wow. in, and in OKKO, she did one of the uh, the Phantasma, one of the crossover characters in the Ghoul School episode as well. So she also has a connection to OKKO. So we just uh, want to mention that since she okay. was a, a big part of uh, both shows yeah. that this crew well, regularly covers. I, well, I grew up with a lot of stuff she did. So just thank you, Rusty, for all your hard work. And Godspeed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, with uh, with that in mind, we will begin uh, c- uh, concluding here. Thanks for for listening. Um, if you're interested in other stuff that we've talked about, you can find that at overlyanimated.com. You can uh, join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about animation. We have at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, we have a, a special channel for OKKO. And there was a lot of discussion when these episodes first came out to talk about the big reveals. So uh, if, if, if there's something big that happens later, maybe with the Sonic episode, you can always come to talk over there <laughs> about that. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, you can always support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Phoenician. Uh, the, the thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Uh, besides OKKO, as mentioned, uh, we, we've covered uh, DuckTales in the past. Um, right now, we're covering um, Final Space. We've got Miraculous Ladybug right. going on. Uh, we recently did a Lion King 2019 podcast. Mm. So th- th- there's a lot of a different, um, well, different. Okay, we also got fruit covered. baskets coming up uh, yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah fruit uh, baskets. We also we also cover anime as well. Uh, okay, uh, Ali, I even asked, like, because you're you're a big anime fan. Unlike uh, OKKO parodies a lot of anime. How, how do you feel about their treatment <laughs> of that? I love it to bits. Like, I mean, that's it was. Not the defining thing for me to, like, get me started on it, but I had seen clips where they, like, you know, parody certain shows. I'm, like, blanking on anything they have done, but... Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Maybe, like, Digimon, (laughs) something like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I... I love when Western anime takes references from cartoons out of the country, so it's, it's my fave. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's anime, because I'm the weeb. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, th- I think this this show it, it's it has a very wide appeal, but I I definitely think that like people who enjoy anime like have a special liking to OKKO OK because oh, yeah. like, it hits like a lot of like specific references mm-hmm. that some of us sometimes miss, but like we get and even just like the styles something. of like comedy that it has. It's very <laughs> some of it can be similar to like shonen anime or like yeah. slice of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gags. Yes. Yeah, so OKKO is a very special show, and we're glad to be able to cover it in this uh, Season 3. And so we'll be back to talk whenever the next uh, group of episodes comes out, or a very special episode very soon. (laughs) Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye! Bye. Gotta go fast. (laughs) 